What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Strange New Show. Keith and Mike watch Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 3, Ghosts of Illyria. How's it going, Mike? Keith, it's going great. As I mentioned to you uh, before we started rolling, they're, they're fixing the windows now. They're like, they're nail gunning and hammering, and my sanity is being tested, but I think we've worked out the audio, so it shouldn't bother you too much, dear watcher, dear listener. We'll do our best. But uh, if you hear, it, Keith, I'm paranoid about it, so I'm apologizing. I, I think I think let it go. You know, there are things in this universe we cannot control, mm-hmm. but well, we must move forward. I don't want to foreshadow too much, but maybe maybe this episode was the first time I needed to make myself take a deep breath on Strange New World. Strange New Worlds, because uh, it, I had some feelings. I had a roller coaster. You can watch me watch it over on our Patreon, mm-hmm. but I you know, yeah. I can't wait to talk about it, Keith. There's a lot. To, there's a lot to swallow. Lot to digest here, yeah, or or, or swallow. We gotta swallow I mean, it I guess first before you can, before before you you can, can digest it. it. Yeah. There you go, there you go. Oh man, this is this is the good stuff here. Uh, and if you're like, wow, that was great, I want to pay them for that. You mm-hmm. can do so at Patreon.com/slash/KNM and get all sorts of bonus things, including watching Mike watch this show live for the very first time we also do that with our deep space nine show keith and mike watch deep space nine here on the channel as well uh as well as other bonus episodes amas play along games blah 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 all the fun stuff mike who's who's joined at this particular moment keith currently paid through the month of may we have bryant kimball beersock brian kaufman casey clark jason mo moa friend joshua andrew hayes jorge Navoa, and the mysterious wharfs Big old boot shivs, Richard Coleman, Charles Babich, CRM Productions, Nikolay Ivanovich Lobachevsky, at Grim underscore those toys, delusions, at 12PM, JD makes Colin Dagan, Chris Mitchell, he's CRM, we got our buddy Pat, and now the newest sender in the mailer, Joshua Cronin, although that might have to change, Keith, because uh, word on the street is Keith got some more mail. I got some I got some birthday stuff. Yeah. I I don't I don't really know what it is or even who it's from. I'm pretty excited. Uh but you can check me opening birthday stuff on KM Geekly, which drops every Monday. You can also check out our look at my Star Trek Toys show. Uh, also here on the channel. What are we doing this week? We we're finishing a prodigy, the prodigy line. We're, we're do, we've got a couple more Prodigy episodes, and then we'll probably uh, dive into some amazing customs. Gonna be fun. Uh, certainly Has enjoyable. anybody started to uh, Strange New World their customs? Oh, I'm sure. I want that. I, I don't think I've had any come across my transom quite yet, but uh, Send me. soon enough. Soon enough, my friend. All right. Well, uh, let us now... Uh, do what we always do at the beginning of the episode, and that is we talk about the last episode. Nope. Because we have to give. Oh, oh what's what's happening over there? Uh, my whole system. Like I'm getting us at like 10 frames a second. Whatever, as long as it's recording okay on your end, it that's is, all that so matters. Weird, but, but and and my preview it's, of what's being sent to you is good. Yeah, well, the world may It's never bad, know. Mike. What I'm what I'm telling you is it's bad. <laughs> 10 FPS. Hey, there was a time. There was a time, you know, streaming live here on the internet's pretty good. So, uh, we want to give your ratings form from form from Children of the Comet season one episode two. Now, if you would like your ratings included 
next week about ghosts of Illyria. Leave your rating in one out of a hundred self-sealing stem bolts in the YouTube comments below. We would very much appreciate it. Uh, and it's fun. And just think about it. In the future, when there's thousands of people watching this, these early episodes, you're gonna you're gonna be heavily featured. This is the you're rare gonna, stuff, Keith. Especially if you, you if, if you keep us in scale. our package, we're gonna be worth a lot. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> keep us in our package. Yes, keep us behind plastic, which is the safest place to I put us. I want to play. I want to play. No, no, no. You're collectible. All right. Well, we're just gonna try to keep you in a smoke-free home. That's if really only my mom would part. say that. Oh. <laughs> I got so sad. This is gonna be one of those episodes, Keith. This is a fa this is a this is an episode about parenthood. Yeah, eventually, eventually, yeah, we're <laughs> gonna touch on it at least. All right. So last week's ratings for Children of the Comet included Jason Moe with an eighty-five, Harry Pothead with a seventy, and uh, coming in hot, Atari Dude with a flat zero. Which takes our ranking. That was episode two? Ranking. Got a zero? Yeah. Okay. Ghosts of Illyria, which, uh, no, that's I mean, this no, week. Children of the Comet. Oh. That's the Children of the Comet. Nobody's rated this episode yet. We haven't even aired it. We're recording it right now. How could they be commenting on a video we're recording at this exact moment? Keith, I love that you could really, you can really, if someone was like, what, what type of people watch your shows? I'd be like, well, let's just look at the names of the last two comments left. Keith, one more time for everyone. I'd be Harry Pothead with a 70 and Atari Dude with a zero. That means an average of 51 point, the devil's number, 666. So, uh. Who's the winner? Interesting. I, I'll be I'll be curious to see what other people, people think as they, as they cycle through. So I think it's time to talk about Ghosts of Illyria the third episode of Strange New Worlds, which aired on May 19th, 2022. Uh, we continue to be exactly a year behind. It's the 18th, but pretty darn close. The top song, I can't wait to hear some of it, Mike, is First Class with Jack Harlow. Keith, I'm changing the game. Instead of just uh, me doing rendition, I feel like we do, this is, a, we start, it's also trivia. Does Mike, does either Keith or Mike know this song? Since it's so current, I think that that's a better game than re recycling the last show. Me singing it, because uh, if I know it, happy to sing it. But if I don't, it's, it sort of ruins the segment. Two, three. Oh, weeks in Mike, a row. have you discovered shame after all these years? So in a new, in our newest segment, it goes a little something like this: <clears throat> Do Keith and Mike know the song? Probably not. Uh Probably a really good chance we don't know the song. Nice. No. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Well, One more time. I mean, what's it called? It is First Class, performed by Jack Harlow. I do not know who wrote it. I know it was performed by Jack Harlow. Here's this. Here's the, now. I'm, I can't believe I'm going to say this on the internet because I'm going to maybe. Uh, do I know who Jack Harlow is? Well, that's really the question, isn't it? <laughs> that is the question. This is a terrible segment for over 40s. <laughs> Jack Harlow? What's the name of the song? First Base? I, I think it's... It, isn't it John Bon Jovi? I know him. He's still going. Um, Jack Harlow. It's it's not completely alien to me. Is he, a okay. is he an ex-member of, of, like, All for One? Or <laughs> <laughs> all for One! 
what are they called? What's, what are they? What are they called? Was he a member of the Temptations? The Mbops? No, that's oh boy, Jack Harlow. I don't know. Hanson. <laughs> maybe maybe we need to rethink this whole thing. <laughs> no, this is gold. This okay. is gold. Like two so, so old people stumbling around in contemporary I, music. I've, I'm not zero percent on Jack Harlow, but I'm zero percent on the song. Okay, well, uh, Jack Harlow. When I looked it up, I was like, "Oh, I've seen that guy on SNL." Because okay. that's how I get exposed to new music. It's mm -hmm. this forty-two-year-old show. Is it okay for uh, us to play three seconds of the song? No, we gotta play three you seconds. No, that's not gonna demonetize three seconds. You got demonetized for playing WWF bootlegged <laughs> off of VHS for ten seconds. One more time. What's the song called? You can't even see us. What's the song called? The, there are whole sections of the globe who can't see our video because you're like three doesn't count if it's three seconds what is the name of the song one more time i think you were pitching that to your girlfriend in high school mm, one more time what's what's the name of the song <laughs> if it's just first three seconds class, you can't get pregnant the jack <laughs> jack harlow first class it's the first no, thing to google oh that's because it's your you googled it yeah so you can't you can't play it no, you can't. You can't do that. Let me tell you what the top movie was. No. Okay. Shut I, it down. I, I don't know it. I don't know the song. Shut it down. Shut it down. All right. Well, we're gonna move on. Do you know mercifully it, for everyone. No. Oh. I'm old, but right. I know it, and I, I own it. <laughs> Get off my lawn. You own it. That was ours that we played. That you can't demonetize that. I owned that. That was my LP playing from the other room. Uh huh. Sure. 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 All right, so the top, that's how that works. The top movie was Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness in its third week at the top of the charts. Uh, thus far, it has been the top movie the entire run of Strange New World. Did you Worlds. see that one, Keith? I did. I didn't know. I saw it on, I saw it on the Disney Plus on, oh, my, on my TV. Maybe saw it. I don't know. This isn't going I got the remote to make it what go. What did I do yesterday? <laughs> this is so bad. Oh, oh right. I watched well, this enough. show. I watched this. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, there you go. Let's yeah, we, we both it. had to like cram and note this episode, mm -hmm. which I, you know, I will say though, I did sort of what you did, and I watched it on the big screen. It's different, first, right? And then noted it the second time. Do you know what is even more impressive on the big screen than on the monitor? Is mm. it's not the size. I thought it was gonna be size. It's the HDR. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I'm not a huge fan of HDR. Interesting. You like it nice and bright. I like it bright. It's it's kind of, it, it's like, I get that the colors are more exactly accurate, but it's, I want it to be brighter and mm. I it feels muted to me. Interesting. It feels like it, where I'm watching it through like a washcloth that desaturates it. For work, I got um, back, I had to start calibrating my monitor so that my colleague and I were working with the same colors when they like mm -hmm. tone map and stuff. And uh, my OLED, I calibrated. So I calibrated. So I've I forced myself to get used to the because I used to jack up the saturation and everything because I like it real. But I've I've now come around to you know Dolby Vision and all that stuff in like very. This yeah, is a different I, it, I'm just it's yeah it's it's not worth it to me. Cool. It's I I like the 4K of it all, mm -hmm. like the super high resolution for sure. But like I don't want to like make it darker and. And uh, and more desaturated. Well, if you have, if you have what, a good display, why is that? Why is if that you have good? A good display with high with with like a thousand nit HDR, you can do it. I have the same display you do. 
That's in the bedroom now. Come on. <laughs> All right. Fine, fine. So enough of this shenanigans. Let us talk about the hard-hitting news in the yeah. weekly world news headline from 20 years before. Uh, this is good to know. Uh, for the, those of us, we are both cat dads and mm -hmm. proud cat dads. Yes. The fire-breathing cat oils burglar. Um, you know, I, I certainly have... My cat sometimes has fire-breathing uh, 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 fancy feast breath, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know about fire fire. My cat does this hiss thing. My DD cat, he he lets you know he's not pleased by like this hiss and this mm -hmm. just like violent. Hit. It's almost as if fire is coming out, and he scares the living hell out of people. So, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. All right. What do you say we talk about this episode, The Ghosts of Illyria? Uh, this was directed by Leslie Hope, who this is uh, her only Trek episode so far. But do you know how I know Leslie Hope? If you think back to, let's say, about 20 years ago, uh, something that everybody was obsessed with and now feels weird about? Ooh, so many things, Keith. So many things fall into that category. You're going to tell me out. She played Jack Bauer's wife in oh, the 24. first season of 24. Okay. Uh, and I, it's so funny. That first, first season, season was great. I was, I was obsessed yeah. with it. And I'm like, this is the greatest show. I'm going to buy all the DVDs. I'm going to watch all of this. And then I couldn't even get through the third season. And it went on for like, what, 30 seasons? Yeah, it's it's interesting. When you kind of build a show around a gimmick, Quantum Leap's that way. There, Many shows do it successfully. Yeah. But you have to leave room for growth. Because if you try to just run out the same thing every year, it, 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 it becomes exhausting is what that show was. Yeah, because if it's really the worst day of your life and then you have 15 more, like, I don't know, is it? Anyway, uh, Leslie Hope, good actress, now uh, still acts, but is primarily a director. Like a lot of uh, actors have gone into television directing. Uh, many of them are Star Trek people. All right, this episode was written by Akila Cooper, uh, first of two Strange New Worlds, and Bill Wolkoff, first of four Strange New Worlds, which means uh, it's time for something trivial, and I'm going to reload this while that's happening. What do you say? Now, Keith, waste your time with trivial trivia. Keith fiddling in the background. Uh -oh. No, that's right. But look at how well I timed that. Did I'm it, back. Did it work? Did you have more FPS? Yeah, it's, a, it's well, a little bit better. It's not as as better as I was hoping it was going to be, but whatever, doesn't matter. I tried it, it didn't work. So our trivial trivia this week uh, are, first off, Dr. Mbenga, at the end of it, does the same transporter trick that Scotty does in the Next Generation episode, Relics, to preserve a life in a transporter buffer. Uh, Relics, one of the absolute best episodes of Next Gen, in my opinion. So that's not, so a, that's not a new concept. That's good for me to know. Something it's, we've it's not a, with before. It's something, yeah. I mean, of course, that was you know eighty something years afterwards, and so it's it's developed a little bit differently. But um, but yeah, no, that's definitely a thing that we've seen before in canon. Okay. So uh, number one in this episode, as played by Majel Barrett in the in the cage, was not ever given a real name or species originally, and she was intentionally left mysterious. Um, so we so now retrofitting, she is Illyrian, 
So that's but like at sort, that of, point, that's sort of mic drop, right? Well, it's it's sort of as far as lore is concerned. Yeah, when you're establishing new canon, yeah. So um, we're now, and because as as I think you mentioned and has been mentioned in the comment, this does take place in that universe, right? More than mm -hmm. the commenter said. So that it is actually changing the canon of the cage, or at least adding to the ca the canon of the cage. Keith, Mike asks Keith's, Mike tests Keith's start. No, I'm, here's a question for you. I was, I'm trying to make everything a segment. I'm like, just ask. Everything's a, not everything's a segment, yeah. buddy. It's too many theme songs. So, mm -hmm. but is the concept of the Federation, we don't trust Illyrians, 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 is Illyrians. that established? Like this whole cybernetic thing that we're... Well, the... I don't, I don't really know about the Illyrians specifically, um, but certainly it is well established that augmented um, Augment. genetics... Very much, very much. Well, because, as we mentioned before, uh, you know, Ratha Khan, Khan, Nuni, and Soong, and they talk about the eugenics wars, right, mm -hmm. in 1992. <laughs> um, that was basically genetic engineering getting out of hand. They all went, they all became supervillains. Okay. Um, and so, and Khan was the leader of them. Which So, so Khan was first established in, um, in uh, the original series before he was brought back for the uh, for the wrath of Khan, so yes, for sure, um, this is a uh, it is a part of the canon. Illyrian specifically, somebody might be able to explain. I, unless I'm mistaken, we didn't actually meet other Illyrians until Enterprise, officially. I could be wrong. Somebody smarter than me, uh, explain it to me below. Um, but I believe that is sort of newish. So and. Uh, Last and I, I sort of, I sort of gave it away. But timeline-wise, the last time we met in the timeline, the Illyrians was on Enterprise, the show which takes place before this. Mm. So this is a prequel of the original series. Enterprise takes place before that even. Um, and so when we met them, uh, we kind of screwed them too. Mm -hmm. So I, I would. It's interesting to see how much they wanted to join the Federation when their first contact with us. We kind of stole their warp drive and left them to die. Whatever. All right, so our guest stars this episode include Sage Arendelle as Rakuya, Andrew Kolokun, Kolokun as Probasco. Oh, I'm so bad with names. I really, I feel like it is, for, for people trying to do the right thing in the world, I should be better at names. Daniel Gravel as Ensign Lance, Andre Day Kim as Chief Kyle, and Curtis Legault as Carter. So I think it is time now, what do you say, to uh, hop into the screening room and discuss this episode. I won't give it away, but I am. All right, let's just roll. Okay. Yeah. So we begin with the uh, the Enterprise is exploring an abandoned Illyrian colony. There's a race of folks who genetic who are a race of folks who genetically improve themselves, which is a big big no no to the Federation after the eugenic wars from 1992 to 1996 on Earth, led by genetic augment Khan Noonien Singh, as all of which I just mentioned. Their plan is to try to figure out what happened to the colony, but there are giant ion storms that cross over regularly. And they're, uh, 
they, they got to beam out of you got to beam out now because the uh, the storm's about to come. I thought the storm image mm-hmm. over the planet looked crazy cool. Really cool. But and I have questions about that. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it's uh, an easy, easy, convenient way to introduce that ticking clock already, but okay. No, I mean, but, but you know, we're, exp- we're trying to figure out why an entire colony disappeared, mm-hmm. right? So, like, why wouldn't there be some sort of a horrible thing happening? But from the look of the storm, it encompassed half of the planet going out into space. But this is something that happens regular. So is that storm half on the planet, half orbiting the planet? I'm it's curious about you the say science that because, of that. Yeah, because the way they... It's, well, the, the resolution is a little muddy as to what happened to all the colonists somewhat, but... And then I was... Oh, I thought that was true. Well, yes, but my, it was scale, right? Like, I couldn't... I still... I it they made with the way they showed things the shots like you said it seems so huge that I thought when it they were wiped out I was like is it just this colony that was wiped out or all the Illyrians is is it's just focused just this, on this colony okay I thought it was much larger and impactful than than it was I didn't know it was just these people because so she's not the last of her kind no 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 this, these were just she's people from who a didn't, different who colony were trying to shed their augments and like become part of the federation but did the right. rest of the Elysian right. so part like, of the federation or no it was just this colony no. Okay. I I, th- I think like some Illyrians do, some Illyrians don't. These ones, as a way to try to appease the Federation, try to de-augment themselves. And the storm, as it turns out, is entirely coincidental. Okay. Um, but also, are the storms new? Is it new? though? Because I thought the I thought they the storm allowed them to like become the storm. Or no, it's not that either. <laughs> I guess we'll get there. I don't think I, so. This whole goddamn thing we'll confused me. So that's that's. Yeah, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. It's gonna be fine. So, um, that so, time uh, they did Pike, the end at the beginning. Oh, uh, well, the, you know, you come here for professionalism. I know. So, uh, Pike tells number one to wrangle up the away team to GTFO while he finds Spock. But before he does, Pike stumbles across Timothy Chalamet, who looks <laughs> great for being 300 years old. That was my and joke. Is staring too. at some very suspicious beakers. I called him I Timothy mean, Chalamet, for, Chalamet for the for the whole hour. He looks exactly like him. He didn't even get a line. Poor guy. No, I didn't. No, I think he got one when he bashed his head through the light. Oh, yeah, that that was a winner. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's like. It looks unbelievably yeah. like Timothy Chalamet. Anyway. Uh, All these close-ups on the beakers, I was like, oh, that has... There's so many red herrings in this episode. Well, no, because it's 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 related because it was them you know, sort of de-evolving themselves, which caused all of this. So they were scientists. The beakers... You need beakers to genetically augment yourself. What's a like? beaker without just, a Bunsen burner, though? Well, maybe they had space Bunsen burners. Oh. Um. A Spunson yeah. burner, if you will. Spunson. So sorry. Just, so Transporter Chief Kyle should we try again is tomorrow? having... <laughs> <laughs> if we did that, we'd never release an, ever, an episode ever. You're right. You're right. So Transporter Chief Kyle is having trouble beaming them up through the ion interference. They dematerialize, but there's trouble. So Chief Hammer turns on the emergency backup systems and shuffles power around until the transporter works again. And it does, and Hammer reminds us that he's a genius. As, as, as frequently we do. On the planet, Spock has find, found some journals in glowy cylinders that might give them some more info. 
They try to beam up, but no dice. The storm is too close. And number one says, eh, you're on your own. Take shelter. Um, visually very interesting, the storm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and honestly, like, the... I At this point, I'm engaged in the mystery of the storm and in, you know, where did all these people go? That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I thought, I thought the setup was kind of cool. I... I I'm, I think I need to just stop trying to th- outthink the episode sometimes because already my big thought here was, why did why did Pike give that side eye to number one? She was like, I'll go get Spock. He's like, no, let me do it. I was like, do they have something secret going on? Do they have like a, a secret search going on? Is is he's? It, it was just the hmm. way it was played. It seemed like there was something secondary, and it really wasn't. No, well, I mean, you're 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 making choices. You're adding layers to mm-hmm. the performance. No, you're you're acting. You're right, Jack Har- That's just uh, what Jack Harlow does when he performs musically, Keith. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Big so fan. acting, yeah, Jack Harlow. Yeah, love what's, Jack what's Harlow. your second favorite Jack Harlow song? I'm so curious. Oh my god, there's so many that I love. <laughs> I really, I'm gonna thank God it. <laughs> great, great. You know, yes, you know yes, what, Keith? Uh, I would say, like, if this was a job interview and I had to give an answer, what I would say is probably. You know, this might sound a little hokey, but the truth of the matter is, and and I love Jack Harlow this much, is Mm -hmm. I think every song I listen to when I'm listening to it is my favorite. It's like, well, because it's new all over again. It's like it's the first time I've ever heard it. It's like the first time every time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in act one, And if you only listen to five seconds, you can't get pregnant. If you can only listen to three seconds, that's the three seconds to listen to. (laughs) Yes, and I think you're at the end of your job interview, you would also be demonetized because <laughs> they will not be contributing. So this is, this number is the best one, best one we've ever done. Oh my! We've only done three. <laughs> We're like a half number hour one, into. We gotta move. I gotta pick up my nieces. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm trying to continue. <laughs> I know. But just... if, if we are late, it is a hundred percent because of you. You're right. Okay. I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna podcast now. <laughs> focus. Podcast. Professionalism professionalism mike We're, why you know so this kidding. whole show I'm is get, designed get, you know to get, get new viewers you know when you get the laughs people you get the laughs on stage i don't know why i have them but i do oh, it's not good not good <sighs> harry so, pothead knows once again, harry pothead knows for the 15th time number one enters the bridge and announces that pike and spock are trapped on the surface she asks ooh hurrah to try and communicate with the surface but she can't in the hallway, Ortegas runs into Chalamet, who has taken off his uniform and is staring at a light. I am resisting the urge to make a Mike Pence joke. Did he take his pants he, off, too? He did. His socks he are sure hiked way yeah. up. Yeah, well, you know. He's like little German schoolboy Chalamet. Yeah, well, there you go. Oh, I was giving you a, a space to do your impression. That oh, one? little German boy. Oh, I'm Timothy Chalamet. Oh, the vice president is watching now. Oh. <laughs> it's from another show. No. <laughs> oh, I need the light. I put my head to the light. Oh. All right. I'm uh, going to voice clone that and just do a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> with that voice clone. Great. <laughs> Uh, he smashes his head through the glass to get closer to the light. Uh-oh. So we had the number one's quarters, and I guess I should mention her actual name is Una Chin Riley. 
uh, who I usually just refer to her as number one because that's the one I remember. Uh, she's also now super into lights, and she's wearing the nail polish you wore in uh, in uh, Adam's family. She asks Alec, Alexa to turn the lights on brighter, then starts to rip her shirt off. Where is this going? She starts to glow red, but doesn't seem concerned about it. Mm-hmm. It eventually goes away, and she calls Dr. Mbenga and asks him about the away team. He says they're all acting really weird, and she lies and says, I'm good. I'm curious here, even in context of knowing the rest of the story, why is she so chill about going, like, Black Phoenix or Red... or? Uh, yeah, I guess I was character? wondering... Yes, it was that. So even knowing how it turns out, we can t- talk about the choice still because she might know she has some sort of like protections, right? Her her, her uh, immune system is X Men. Superpower, right? But still, maybe that's the feeling. Maybe every time they get sick, that's the feeling they have when they like when they get the when they get COVID. They're like they red turn red and then they don't have COVID anymore. That's basically. Right. So she was used to it. But you would expect her to say to the doctor, like, hey, I had a reaction to say, oh, she's keeping it a secret. Okay, there you go. She's keeping that a secret, but I just, like, I, I mean, may, maybe she does glow red when she's fighting off a cold. But I imagine if, if it were that extreme, uh, it would be pretty hard to, like, to keep that. She's, like, on the bridge and, like, like she's like, oh, no, no, don't, don't. That's fine. I didn't catch the cold. Like. I feel like she'd be concerned about whatever's going on there because that's a pretty extreme reaction. I, I think about it a different way, not that she'd be concerned. It's It actually makes her omission, I think, it, like we kind of, we, we, fi- we shine the focus on Doctor later saying like, you, you keeping that secret put everybody's lives in danger, but isn't her not mentioning it, especially if she knows she might have some sort of cure, keeping it a secret? 100%. Because she doesn't bring that up till well after the, the danger. Yeah, and like, what if it were what if it were fatal faster? Yeah, she could have killed everybody on on board by not. I mean, like, I get why she wants to keep being an Illyrian a secret, understood. But like, when lives are at stake, that's that's interesting. I don't know. So, uh, in sick bay, the away team are all sick, and they're all staring at their selfie ring lights, and all they want to do is light, is be in the light, and they're willing to hurt themselves to get it. That's interesting. That's a that's a virus we haven't seen yet on Star Trek. Very cool. Mbenga says, I can't see anything viral or bacterial wrong. And besides, the transporters would have filtered it out. But everyone's vitamin D levels are super, super low, except for number ones. He takes a blood sample, and she's doing a lousy job of pretending that she's not hiding something throughout this process. She goes to talk to Hemmer, who confirms that the biofilters would have taken out any contagions. But he had to pull a a bunch of power to the transporters in order to rescue the thing. And the way it works is that all of the transporters on the ship are networked, and they all worked together to bring these people, which I did not really pick up on until the second watching. Uh, Mysterious. He agrees to do a full diagnostic, which... Here's here's another question, a Hemmer question for folks. Um, he does his full diagnostic through a graphical display, right? And 
we know that he's blind, but that he has extra sensory abilities. But if he's blind, how does he read the graphical display? Or is there another interface that he has that we're not seeing? And the graphical display is for everybody else? Maybe I was unclear on that. Yeah, can maybe his his telekinesis can also interface with like digital stuff? I mean, maybe. Be cool. I haven't Oh, but super cool. I have not seen that in canon. Um, yeah. but we don't we don't really know much about him. So so there it is. So Pike is able to hail from the surface briefly, and they update each other on their situations. And uh, he and Spock are chilling in the library. So number one starts researching the Illyrians' work on disease control when La'an comes in. And she asks, why are you investigating? And number one suspiciously wipes the computer. La'an reminds them to be careful and suspicious of genetic engineering and that Illyrian tech is illegal. And La'an is scared of it because, well, her ancestor is freaking Khan. Um, we all assumed this right from her name, but that's kind of an anticlimactic way to reveal it. Because I, I thought they were going to be like building up to some like giant reveal with that. And it was well, just like, oh. you kind of knew this, right? Is this what you were like not saying about her a couple episodes well, ago? Well, Khan's last name is Noonien Singh. And her name is La'an Nunian Singh. So you had to know that, like, there was, it, it wouldn't have be, it wouldn't be a uh, so here's coincidence. The, so even in this mic drop, let me, I need, I need some help. It's sad that I need so much help. Usually I don't. That's what I, I loved about the first here, two. I, I, that's what I'm here for, buddy. I love for the first two episodes. I didn't feel like I needed to know anything. Uh, so what about her being a Nunian Singh makes her hate augments? Because the whole thing of Khan and his followers, they were all augments. Right. And so she's the descendant of an augment. After the wars, the Federation and everybody hated augments. And so people bullied her because she was related to an augment. Ah. So, so she hates that about herself because it was bullied. So, like, if you're the children of, Ed or children of Cain, even though, like, that's your bloodline and people hate, like... Right, right. I mean, okay. there. I mean, there are so many like relatives of like Bin Laden, mm -hmm. who are perfectly innocent, perfectly nice people, but that's their name, and like they have that they have to carry that around their entire life. Um, and so I, I think it's I think it's sort of like that, and because it's not you know it's it's not just a name; it's also the the genetic augmentation thing. Like you're going to be really touchy about about that part because everyone's still scared of them anyway. Um, so I think that's, I think that's what's going on. So, uh, so she, uh oh, all of a sudden La'an too now is obsessed with light and she wasn't on the away team. So it's airborne. So we, uh, find so many people writhing in sick bay. The background actors must've had to writhe on those beds for hours. That's also a very silly shot of her trying to make out with a lamp. Like, like trust me, of, it's going to work. There's <laughs> a lot of silly. You, I don't you, know what you, about... You want, me to, you want me to lick the lamp? Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to work. You, you, really? You want me to do that? Okay. This, when, you, when, when choosing plot devices, right, you really... A good idea can quickly be marred if it 
if it veers into Hoke. And and because you pick something so specific, like the obsession with light or whatever, and not get you don't get more granular than that, people are gonna make giant there are only so many choices you can make, right? Like, oh I'm in love with the light. I need to be touching the light. I need to start an atom bomb to make the light. Like so for me, already at this juncture, really starting after the like the red light, like weird, oh, she was blue in the X-Men, now we'll just make her red. Um it started to veer heavily into Hoke. Like I was LOL for real on on my watch along. It's so I and and when something's not supposed to be hokey, right? It's not we're in on the joke. Because you can do that. You can be goofy. Be goofy. Sure, You're three, sure. I love in Deep Space Nine when they bounce around. But this clearly is supposed to be a grounded kind of thing, and and that was a little bit. So yes, Keith. To, yeah. to, to be brief, the making out with the lamp is sort of par for the course, and they're all they're writhing and like, well, what are we doing? Like, yeah. What is the deal? Like, are so because like the way everyone's playing it's it horny. is is that they want to make babies with the light. It reminds me of, I don't know, the the Transformer movie where it's like, they all get that like red fever and they're like, I'm a pepper, you want to be a pepper too. And it's like, it feels very much like. I, 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 I don't remember that, but definitely somebody clip out Mike saying, I'm a pepper, want to be a pepper. <laughs> but I think we've just invented a new category on Pornhub no. I've never heard of. <laughs> Keep going, move. <laughs> right. So, uh, number one initiates level five COVID protocols, and the crew handles it with professionalism, which also, I thought was really like, cool. As, here's my other, that's that's the point I didn't finish before. If you're going to make an episode about an outbreak of a contagion this close to COVID, you better be serious about it. And, uh, no. Well, and especially... When they were filming this, this aired a year ago. Right, they were filming it, it like, like six months it. before that, like in the middle of COVID. Yeah, That's so what I'm saying, man. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Too soon. So um, too, well, I mean, there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. Okay. There's well, a way to do it. My telegraphing so of what planet, I thought about this. I I think I think I can I can feel us shedding stem bolts every time <laughs> Mike talks. On the planet. Pike is nervous, and Spock is reading more scrolls, which I did love that their data storage looked so different and Very interesting. Very cool. The prop itself right? is really insane. Because, like, so many times, like, you go to other planets on Star Trek, oh, they just got books. They're bound books just like we do. Um, this isn't just, it's more unique. Yes, it is sort of a scroll. We do we do, do scrolls, but I liked it. It was visually interesting and um creative so the tonal shift here though i'm gonna probably crap on it later is an interesting choice right you have such a red alert ticking time bomb on the ship right and these guys eh, just waiting for the rain to pass at this at this juncture they're just hanging out well but but they also don't really know what's going on the ship and don't have any ability to do anything about it yeah i'm not are. saying they should be involved in that plot i'm just saying the stakes on each plot line are very much dip very different very juxtaposed yeah, I mean they'll they'll get there, they'll but get yeah, there, no, yeah. they're hey, just we're gonna do some light reading here mm -hmm. in the apocalyptic storm. But oh, by so, the way, uh, yeah, I want. I don't know if I could rock it, but I sure want that leather jacket. Their leather away jackets are so cool. Oh yeah, no, they've they've definitely like upped the jacket game in New Trek, yeah. right? Because like we had the Picardigan um, a little bit. 
in the original series. But now, like, the cool-ass jackets over the uniform Ooh. is sort of a new thing. These are uh, up there with, like, the, the Peter and, Quill and usually jacket. You, you add a jacket to sort of, like, you can't make it look good, but you can make it look ambiguous for, you know, those of us who are no longer 25-year-old actors. Uh, but in this case, it's just cool on top of cool. Man, it's 90 degrees outside. Keith's wearing a duster. <laughs> Can, will, and have. <laughs> I mean, I was up like, last week. I was at a party. Hottest day of like 100 years. And I have to get on a train from New Jersey, get into Manhattan, take the subway, walk up all over the Upper West Side. And I'm in like my, like, my coat, which is like freaking wool, and my sh- dress shirt on top of that. Terrible. What's with the jacket, Keith? Terrible. I'm on an away mission. I'm on an away. I was on an away mission, and my mission to not sweat constantly was failed. All right. Uh, so uh, Pike is nervous, and Spock is reading more scrolls. He's learned that this colony of Illyrians wanted to join the Federation, and were trying to de-engineer themselves to do it. Uh, very interesting. Then, he stumbled upon the best scrolls to stumble upon. He really got lucky in his just like random picking well, of scrolls. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a card catalog somewhere in there that he checked. Okay, he's got that Dewey decimal. Dewey, the Dewey decimal system. Yeah, exactly. So uh, then, uh oh, they see fire ghosts flying around in the sky. <laughs> Who are they gonna call? <laughs> the Dementors. <laughs> Dementors. Yes, like fire Dementors. Flying around, uh, very Ghostbusters. And that is the end of Act 1. Interesting, the act breaks are completely different mm-hmm. on on Paramount+. Plus Because Act 1 is like 25 minutes long, and 2 and 3 are like 7 minutes each. I'm still uh, learning, too, that, that how to pace time screenshots for this. Because it's there's so much visual candy that it's... it's I'm taking so many more than Deep Space Nine, it's my rhythm's all off. But that's fine. More is better than less. I agree. Because as I, as Mike and I fight about on a regular basis, digital, digital things don't take up any space, so we might as well have more as opposed to less. So in Act Two, Uhura opens her bunk to discovers her two roommates in their underwear trying to make a baby with a ball of light. Uh, interesting to note that they have co-ed dorms. Mm-hmm which actually makes total sense for the future. I think we're headed there. This rave scene was an LOL. It is a, uh, I mean, look, we all did some crazy stuff in college. I don't think I've done that particular party. Uh, but then, ah, Oh, God, hey. somebody cut this and put it in, uh, put us in front of a fireball. <laughs> Ooh, I think, who's going to make it with the ball Ooh, of light? Ooh. It hangs his way. Okay. <laughs> This whole thing is like an underwear commercial. Everybody's into boxer briefs. I'm with them. At least in the future, they know. No, I'm a boxer brief yeah, person, 100%. for sure. I think it's, I, I, you know, it's like it's both underwear and like half shorts. So like if you're caught, if you're caught out, like you're you're mostly okay. All right. What's happening? So That's uh, my favorite episode we ever did. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh Hammer comes back into the su- sick bay to check on the emergency transporter that the sick bay has. This themselves. guy's always pissed off. Well, that's I mean, that's true of his species. Oh, okay. So, Andor- at least Andorians are always a little crunchy. Okay. So, uh so it would it would make sense that Hammer's people are as well. So, uh 
he must look at the tra transporter, and Mbenga is like, hard no. And he also lies really badly, trying to keep Hammer out of the system. He even fakes the lights going out to trick him. Um, two things. One, an engineer should know perfectly well that it wouldn't be related to the lights. But two, I really like the detail of it being a physical switch. Mm -hmm. Because that feels very much tying it to the original series, where everything is switches and knobs... Just like saying, yes, we have more contemporary touchscreen stuff, but we are still using some switchy stuff to tie it to that, which I thought was a nice little detail. Yeah. So, uh, uh, meanwhile, number one asks Uhura, uh, what's up? And on the, I, that's all, that's all the scene. It's really mm -hmm. weird. Mm -hmm. So on the planet, the storm is getting stronger and the fire ghosts are trying to get through the door. They barricade it for a while to keep them out. And we head back to number one in Uhura to try to figure out why she didn't contract the virus. And they discover it's because she was in the dark in bed. Uh, I gotta say it. This scene say? was an atrocity. Why? The comedic beat of, like, Rebecca Romaine jumping in the... It just... No... I was like, what is it? They're brilliant. These are genius people, right? Have the conversation about, oh, you were in the dark. Like, do the do the, do the the uh, Sherlock Holmesing of it in a- But Sherlock, I was going to bring up Sher Sherlock Holmes would have gotten into the bed, man. Yeah, and it would have been funny because he would have played it serious, but she's not playing it serious. You know what? Maybe I'm, maybe this is a comment on the performance. Maybe I, I didn't feel she was, she handles the quip and the comedy as, as deftly. And perhaps, perhaps that's what I'm feeling. So you know what I, I don't want to. I don't want to like bash. Well, I no, but I I see what you mean there, and I I think what it I think what it might be, is that the stakes of this whole thing never quite resonate for number one, right? Like she she turns she turns into this fiery red creature. She's like eh, she's investigating this thing like her entire crew might die and she's feeling sort of like relaxed and like it, it doesn't feel like the the stakes ever register for her yes and we'll talk about that but on rewatch on the second watch for this it the doctor we don't really know his stakes until the end of the episode but when i watched it again guess know what i see i see him playing those stakes the whole episode in fact it's what yes. it's actually pretty extraordinary his performance in this episode and and wasted yeah. because it's over before you know what it is that it's happening. We'll talk about that. Rebecca Romaine, she could have been giving me something. I, I don't feel that she's playing stakes, and that's kind of she's not helped I, I, by the script and the plot. She's but, very casual through yes. this whole thing, and I don't know if it's because yeah. it's she's there because it's it's hard what 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 your Shatner and uh, your what's this guy's name? What's what's Pike's name again? Anson Mount. Anson Mount. What they're able to... It's not easy to be funny and serious and, and do all the stuff, you know? Yeah. So maybe she's just finding those legs. Yeah. It was... It, but it, it was... But that's also your director, too, though. Yeah, there's, because it's, you're... It's an alchemy. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Um, so, uh... There we go. We find out that the contagion itself travels on light, and it makes the infected turn on the lights to propagate itself which that I thought was was interesting Very cool. you're talking about how like a cold makes you sneeze to propagate itself um cool 
cool, good science. And also at this point, it could be great science because I'm like, well, if a disease is alive, alive could be people or like alive could be the disease could be a species. That's that's why it's you know trying to inhabit us or like is it a, is it a right is it omnipotent is it nefarious where are we omnipotent uh what's the word i'm looking for nice you know good is it, oh, is it a omnipotent. good person yeah like what's the word? not nefarious i feel like but... q would say omnipotent means means nice oh man i really whatever no anyway yes i'm interested benevolent is the benevolent, word you're looking thank for. you well, i can't believe you made me wait so long you let me just stammer and stammer you a Oh. Can you not believe that? Or can you believe that completely? Yeah, I deserve it. So number one says, let's turn out all the lights and we should sedate the infected so they don't go bananas. And they do. Makes sense. So in Act 3, number one continues to do research on Illyrian disease control before there is an alert from the transporter room. Uh-oh. She heads to investigate and finds Hemmer there beaming red-hot magma from the core of the planet. Now he wants the light. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to she... do it, do it right. You don't lick the lamp. I mean, summon a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> don't lick the lamp, kids. Yeah, come on. It's not good. Not good. Anyway, uh, she stops him from melting the ship down, which is great. But he knocks himself out. And she mysteriously picks him up easily and carries him to sickbay while heroic music plays. This was the second scene. I was like, what are we doing? Also, what? Also, like, what is that dummy? It's just it's a pair the of words. I don't there's, think there's it a torso. It has no ass. It's just, it's definitely not that guy. And she's it's not like, even giving, she, is she a power lifter? Like, she didn't even grunt. But, well, just, well, but that that is the implication. We are supposed to take from this that she's super. She's crazy a badass, strong. yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. She's in but DS9 like, why did, all of a sudden. Why? Why doesn't it have leg? I mean, why doesn't it have a torso? She like or any did he substance burn? whatsoever. <laughs> I think he burned off everything above the waist, and so she's just carrying a pair of bloody stumps. No, it's two. It's two pool noodles in a pair of pants. <laughs> That they slung over her shoulder because they didn't have any time. They're like, we need to get the shot wrapped. Let's do it. I've been called worse. <laughs> All right. That's the second time I looked at the camera. I was like, what are we doing? Okay. Uh, it just right, doesn't, you know, so, it doesn't own its tone. It doesn't know its tone and thus it, it can't does, deliver well, it. Yes, I, 100%. Because the science and the mystery of it all. There's so much good stuff. I, I actually like thematically, I love what we're doing here. Scientifically, it's interesting. Um, morally, it's interesting. It's tonally, it's off. It's like they, once again, they had a bag of ideas, and then they were like, at the end of this episode, I want the following things to have been revealed and, and plot lines to have been established. The kid thing, the she's she's a, she's hiding, we're all hiding. Like there's so many thesis statements at the end, but then they wrote it backwards and like, don't forget these flavors we wanted to put in, like the comic beat. But, but even beat. that's fun. It's like half of them are playing it as a comedy and half of them are playing it as a drama. And the, the episode doesn't know whether it's, it, you know, Nobody really knows if the stakes are real. So nobody quite knows how to play the stakes. Yeah. Well, th what better illustration then? You've got two kids in their panties doing uh, a rave with, with their lava lamp. And right. the other guy summoning a nuclear planet through the transporter. Those are very different stakes. Which, which show are we in? Right. Right. Okay. Anyway, uh, 
So on the planet, Pike and Spock, Pike and Spock's the barricade is starting to fail. Spock keeps reading the scrolls. And it's, the it's fire ghosts... It's a good ghosts, book, man. Yeah, but people are breaking in to kill us. Yeah, but, but it's a good book. I'm cl so close to the end. I'm arming us with knowledge. Not fair. Uh, Keith, wait, so, are uh, you Spock and I, I'm Pike? Uh, sure. You know what? I mean... More likely... I'm Harry Pothead and you're Atari dude. <laughs> that's a million percent. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a better on the. Uh, what do they call those on the SATs? You know when you have to compare I, something is to something as that is to that. Oh, oh, it's a uh, not an analogy. It's a. Nope. Uh, How long until these two dummies can remember? Hey, uh, what do you think these two <laughs> idiots got on their SATs? <laughs> I actually did very well on my SATs, but that's back when did the you? test is all different now. Oh yeah. Well, I, I by the time I took mine, I'd already gotten into opera yeah, school. Yeah, me too. I was in school already. Who, where the the your grades didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like I, I sent them my SAT score as a formality, but it had nothing to do with whether or not you got into the school. So I'm like, burp, 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 don't give a crap. So, I'm a very good test taker, but it just goes to show that it means there's literal zero worth to that number. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, all right, so uh, also I can't spell. That's the thing, I can't spell. I asked the computer everything. <laughs> well, we don't need to spell anymore. It's like a calculator. Like, of nope. course, you're not going to do Critical like... thinking, it's all you need. Stop teaching kids facts and figures and just teach them critical thinking skills. We need it. Thank you. Here we go. All right, so the fire ghosts have started uh, appearing. So Spocky's reading the scrolls, and in the scrolls it says the fire ghosts started appearing when the Illyrians were wiped out by a mysterious disease. And the storm breaks through the windows and deadly gases come to kill them. But surprise, the fire ghosts save them. And once the storm passes, the fire ghosts leave. Interesting. Um, but also, the ion storm that the fire ghosts live in. Right, they say at the beginning that the this planet is constantly bombarded by these ion storms. But when it comes over the colony again, it blows everything up. Yeah, so wouldn't so they have like, built their buildings around being able to withstand Or wouldn't it have blown up already? Like, why did it blow up now and not the previous 80 times the storm went over? I don't know. Mysterious. Do, but, they, protect, uh, once do the they protect everybody who comes down? I don't like think anybody's new, there most of the time. Is that their new mission? Is but just like, like well, we got to save peeps who get cut out in the storm? Well, I don't know about that, but like the structure itself blew up. Like the windows blew out, right? Yeah. Because of the storm. This like, was a bad why one. were they? It was a bad one. What? I, okay. All right. Fair enough. I don't know why their like central library that keeps all of their facts and the Magna Carta and everything, and but you wouldn't make the windows like double pane, but mm. or not have a window. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. Once the storm passes, the fire ghosts leave. Number one enters sickbay and Chapel is stunned, stunned that she can carry Hammer despite the fact that she's that Hammer is clearly smaller than she is, and she's using a proper fireman's carry. So like, why couldn't she just like Rebecca Romaine could have done that? Doesn't need to be super powered to carry him. But uh, whatever, uh, Chapel is stunned, and uh, Imbenga comes up and says, "I'm sick now too." And number one finally gives up the ghost. Put me out. She is an Illyrian. And she's immune. But, as it turns out, Look how her many blood... people are on tables and being put into a coma. 
And she's like, nah, I feel like now's a good time to tell you. Oh, yeah. They've had to, like, you know, it's like most of the crew is gone now. Literally just the two. I think it's just the two doctors left. And only now does she check and see if her blood could save anybody. But as it turns out, it's useless because her body killed the disease immediately. So has no need for the antibodies that would save everybody. So that makes uh, sense. That makes sense to me. No, and I think I, I it's mean, a good, this... it's a good, it's a, it's a good comment in that, you know, everybody says the truth will set you free, right? But the does but the truth doesn't resolve you of accountability or consequences. So I think it's cool. I think that's a cool idea. We don't really explore it, but because nobody else has yeah. consequences later. <laughs> but, no, nobody has any consequences ever. Yeah. But and, and maybe that's why, you know, nobody's particularly concerned about everybody dying and turning into fire ghosts. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the third episode. But, it's like uh, you can't kill or fire people yet. So I suppose that's true. You know, though, if you really want to make a make a stab, you got to kill off somebody in the first. It's like it's like Dwight says, fire somebody on the first day to establish it's dominance. It's like they say, Keith, if, if you're going to introduce Romulan technology onto a show and you bring on a Romulan uh, person to help you run it, you your job's safe for a couple weeks, right? No, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or your, your hologram is going to get killed and we'll never see you again. <laughs> so, uh... Anyway, in the background, we see Laon abruptly sit up like the Undertaker. I saw that. Too. I was like, I was like, rest. Keith in. and I. It's Keith. It's just you and yeah. I in our own homes alone making the same jokes. <laughs> yeah, we like we could watch it together, but we don't need to. No, we are. <laughs> There's no we reason just, to. Ah, uh, yeah. Why so, did you do the Undertaker uh, sit up? What? Okay. Because right. it looks cool. Because it looks cool. Yeah. So. uh... And to say that she's, like, mind-controlled. So, Imbenga says the only chance they have to get the antibodies from number one is to be there at the moment that she was infected. And they talk about the Federation's bigotry towards the Illyrians. She uh, puts Imbenga out because he's now, you know, like, a, he's, he's all light horny now. <laughs> so, uh, and then there's another warning. The warp core has lost containment, and uh, if Mike, you don't know what that means, it's gonna blow up the whole ship. Yeah, I put it together. It's like the warp core is like a nuke sitting Keith, uh, on your once ship. Once upon a time, we played a video game in which we had to save a warp core. So, did we? Yeah, you forgot no, all the things we did in that game. I I was never I wasn't really paying attention the first time, but we're gonna we gotta finish it though. Yeah, we do. We definitely gotta finish it. So in Act Four, Laon is gonna blow up the ship to see the lights. Ooh, we like those lights. The uh, oh god, I turned to the Trump for a second. We like those lights. The biggest so lights, they fight. the brightest. I, you know, everyone likes the lights. So they fight hand to hand for a while, and Laon calls her an abomination, an augment, the thing she was bullied about being, but number one actually is. I thought the fight was pretty cool. Um, pretty, so pretty she's good not an augment, like. Because even though, like her parents never raised her like that, they didn't like give her the things. No, she's, she's just a descendant. descendant? But I suppose if she's a descendant, then she would probably have some augmented genes. I, I bet we're going to explore that more moving forward. Okay. Um, but she, at least at this point, she doesn't think that she is. So uh, then, uh, because of the warp core radiation leak, number one turns all red and glowy again, and she is briefly reinfected. 
Which, actually, this is going to be one of my big wormholes, right? If she already beat it, how did she become reinfected? Well, because she doesn't develop immunity because it kills it in real time. See, the, I read it a different way, which made less sense, where I was like, oh, it's not that she got reinfected. She was being infected with radiation poisoning from the warp core, and so it was which her would body... Have solved no, which would have solved nothing. But her body was... The, 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 what do you call it? The augment was protecting her, and that's what we were able to capsulize, encapsulize and inject in people as a cure. So just like a general protection yeah, as like opposed a to the antibodies for the particular... Oh, she was radiating penicillin. Something like that. Okay. Well, it, It's it, not good, they, but it's like somewhat... If they were able to save that antibody, it should just hit Fix all diseases. Right? Boop, solved. Well, beep, it's beep, like beep. penicillin, Keith. You can take too much of it, and then you're not... It's like Z-Pack. You can't just get a bunch of Z-Packs and make yourself healthy all the time. You're lessening no, your immunity. apparently not. Okay, well, there you are. Ooh, she's red. She's she's red. It, I will say this about the production design of the warp core here. It's really interesting because it is both a little bit similar to the the Enterprise as we see it on the original series, but also it's much more industrial and less and and looks more old timey than like the Enterprise D, which is so sleek. Right. This feels very industrial. Um, which I, I think is cool. Like as a as every the visual the design version. of everything is really great. So never never knock yeah. that, man. So uh on the planet, Kirk and Spock are fine. And Spock announces that the fire ghosts probably were the colonists, and that this virus is what turned them into the fire ghosts, and it would be the final stage of the light disease. That's what that's why you shouldn't make babies with the light, because you turn into a light ghost. So the stakes Just were so high no. all along, Keith. Yeah, they were. We reinforce that the Illyrians' desire to de-augment themselves actually caused them to die, i.e. that the Federation's prejudice got them all killed, mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. Super um, interesting. Uh, number one wakes up Mbenga. Turns out when she glowed red, she gave La'an the antibodies, which they were able to give to the rest of the crew. Hooray, we're all safe. Uh, she goes to talk to La'an in 10 Forward, and they talk through their history. La'an's paid a price for being related to the Augments, but the Illyrians aren't the same as the human Augments, i.e. Khan and such. The Augments, like Khan, tried for world domination. It sort of made them crazy and, and megalomaniacal, but the Illyrians just want to keep looking younger. You know, it's all it's all about the uh, keeping it tight, and they eat strawberries. But it's a it's it's a very good Star Trekian starting to add distinctions, and and get you know and starting to treat different people in different ways based on their behavior, not on their characteristics. So the Illyrians are like the real housewives; they're not hurting anybody, just themselves. Yeah, want to look yeah. good. Yeah, just want just want to look good. Whereas so, I guess the Noonian Sings were more Jersey Shores. They were hurting people. Right, right. They behavior. they were there for world domination. Yeah, yeah. they were. Jim they were going to try to destroy. Yeah. They're going to destroy most most of the coast of New Jersey. So uh, then, number one goes to Pike and confesses and resigns her commission. Pike naturally doesn't care, and he says, "I'll keep your secret from Starfleet, even though it puts me at risk." And uh, when she says like. 
you're going to be uh, in danger too. And he's like, I welcome that fight, which I I love that line. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that he's like, yeah, I know I might, like, this is a battle that I think is worth fighting mm-hmm. to make these distinctions, which is very, it's very Star Trekian. It's very, it, you know, that's more like Picard, really. Like being willing to to pick up that sword and and do that fight. I, don't know, I thought it was cool. So uh, so in like two th- couple weeks, Pike has uh, unilaterally decided to make first contact against the Prime Directive, and has also right. is also keeping this huge secret, which could jeopardize his career, and goes yep. directly in the face of a a, a Federation bylaw. And he, uh, he does what he wants, Mike. They're harboring a small child in a stasis coil. That's a, my guess is is probably not something you're supposed to be doing. So uh, yeah, we get we've really I, accomplished I have questions a lot about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're gonna get to the child part now. So uh, he's a good boss, mm-hmm. but he also says, and uh, you know maybe maybe fix the transporter glitch that allowed all this on here. And uh, so number one continues her investigation and figures out that the problem was caused by Mbenga's medical transporter. It wasn't upgraded with the new high-tech biofilters when Hemmer tied them all together and it messed everything up because it, when it connected with them all, biofilters turned off. You, you gotta update You gotta update the OS, man. Yeah, every time you the get updates, your- The updates, they're annoying. When you get your oil you changed and they're like, hey, you wanna change the cabin filter? Oh man, what's that? The cabin filter. It's an extra forty bucks. I don't need that. And then you know what ends up happening, Keith? Your car starts to smell like chocolate, and then after it smells like chocolate, it starts to smell like rotting chocolate. And then you realize, mm. you know what? I should have gotten that because something's dead up there. I should have got that dust filter. Also, you probably shouldn't stuff chocolate up your vents. It was we- the chocolate phase was weird. Sounds much dirtier than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> don't stuff chocolate up your vents unless it's consensual. Okay. Uh... We're, God, we're, we're so terrible. Demonetized. So, <laughs> so uh, she says, uh, it's your transporter that screwed everything up, and I know you're keeping something in the pattern buffer. At this point, he admits, whoa, that it's his daughter who has a fatal disease, and he's keeping her there to wait for a search to wait or search for a cure. And in the transporter buffer, as long as he materializes her regularly, she can stay there indefinitely. And he asks her, before you turn me into Starfleet, can you give me some more time with my daughter? Because I'm gonna and let she her says, die. I'm not, uh, yeah, like, and we're gonna let her, uh, I have so many questions. I know this. it's she, a mind screw. Uh, she says, I'm not going to turn you in. I'm going to get you a dedicated power source to protect her and keep her in the transporter buffer. Of course. Uh, he materializes his daughter and they have a beautiful moment reading a story together. We finish with number one, making a log about both her and Mbenga finally telling the truth. Uh, can we get her a more comfortable that. bedroom? Is it just a dentist chair that she beams in? I guess they can only spend a couple seconds because then he has to put her back in stasis, right? Well, right. Yeah, because there's no... There is no room. She's she's in stasis. Um, but uh, number one asks, when will it be enough to just be an Illyrian and uh, i.e. stop treating us with prejudice? Which makes sense. Then she deletes it. Uh, I have a lot of more questions about the daughter in the stasis chamber, but we'll do that in the wormhole section. The deletion section. thing too, man. Like I I get I like that 
you know, because <clears throat> I actually heard a quote recently, and I can't attribute it because I forget even where I heard it, but it basically is like, uh, uh, there was an interview with this guy who does a bunch of, he's a ghostwriter for celebrities. And the basic idea is that he's like, you'd be surprised at how many uh, celebrities hire me. I write their entire story, they I, all these interviews, blah, blah, blah. And then they eventually, once they hear the story, they don't want to publish it. And so yeah. that actually rang really true here because if the Lyrians really are, if, if if there is a vanity about using the Augments to kind of stay younger and things like that, then maybe sh here, well, it's more shame here, but regardless, it's interesting well, it's, that she's, I, I, she writes the log and then doesn't want, still doesn't want, still I don't, think, that's, I don't think it's that either. I mean, hey, the Illyrians doing it to look good. That's a joke. It's not, they, they were trying to better themselves and in, in other, like that, that's just me being an asshole. But I think her reason for deleting it is because it's illegal for her to be in Starfleet. Uh, yeah, there you go. Interesting. So, like, but it's also interesting that like Rebecca Romain, stay, you have to do this, deliver this monologue entirely still because we have this really cool 3D effect wipe we want to do. Where it looks yeah. like we're just like rolling a set across, but we're gonna cross cut and we have to get the scale just right. So don't move. Don't move. But uh, welcome to film acting, one hundred and one. All right. So uh, we still have a name for our after show show. So I think we should just go to it. Yeah. All right. That's. A, oh, hold on. Let me let me do it the way it's supposed to boy by hitting this button. Hit the button. Ooh. Oh. Here we go. So in or after after show, we always begin with Mike, uh, and we. Let's spend take, some take time a deep here. breath. Yep. Were there any wormholes in the plot? Okay, so the how does no one know that this guy is keeping his daughter alive inside of a stasis chamber? In addition, does she have no family? Does everyone else think she's dead? Does he have? Is it? Ethical? Is it like keeping someone? Does she experience anything outside? Does she know what's happening? Is she, I have a lot of. I don't. I don't know if it rises to wormhole because it's maybe they're they're just teeing it up, but scientifically yeah. it is a huge. There are questions. Uh, uh, the the source science of the the colony people. So they became the light, the and they now live in this light. In the electric in the storm clouds, in some fashion and they don't we don't know that seems not too fleshed out to me like i i get don't do genetic engineering but how did genetic engineering get you into being a light ghost well i think because like I, get, you... I get you might like grow an extra liver you didn't need or whatever that all makes sense but like that's a to change your life going from a carbon-based light form to a life form to some sort of a light-based life how does that happen and also, like, what, what is the what is the science of her of them? They they cured a disease. Like, it's so flip the way they cure that disease. They're just like, oh, I got. It. They do not only do they do it off camera, but yeah. they then inoculate everyone that quickly and don't explain it. And sh and then he's just like, oh, and go fix that transporter incident. And you're just like, everyone just like, there was no the stakes were then were written, erased written again and then erased again it's it's so weird that's a that's a wormhole help me out keep going let's just keep following okay so the my big wormhole is with Mbenga and the daughter and the way he, he the way he treats it and the way she treats it are treating it like him doing this is some sort of a crime right it's not just a, against regulation it's like 
my daughter's going to be taken away from me. I'll never see her again. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, wait, what, what? what is the crime? Why? Why is that? Like, I get, like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing it secretly. But, like, what's the... What well, is the horrible well, we don't crime know the ethics. Do we all? do that on Earth? Like, if you have a disease, can you choose to cryogenically freeze yourself or, like, stasis well, that's, yourself? Well, until- well, that's the other part. Is that, like, is this the only way to do this? We don't have stasis chambers. You have to, like, keep her in a transporter buffer? You don't have a stasis chamber at this point? I feel like we've established it somewhere that you can be put in stasis. Or I mean, or like there's a there's a cooler concept there too. Where uh, that's a different, not with this segment, but like, well, if the augments had been able to, if it, it seemed like they're setting up like, oh, I want to get her a immuno augment, be, which is outlawed, but that's something you got. Like they were trying to tie it together, but it never ties together. So that's a wormhole, right? They never even talk about that as a possible solution to this, right? Which if Mbenga is willing. So, again, we're treating it like it's some sort of a capital crime mm-hmm. to do this, right? So if he's willing to commit a capital crime, why not just freaking fix her with the augmented genes? Yeah, so you could spend a little more time with her than, like, beam her in for a half a page and then zap her back out. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there who would love to be able to keep their kids in stasis chamber so they can get, a, you know, a sandwich. But, but it's... Yeah, but I, also, how fast did the colonists get disintegrated? Why did no one else, why did the Illyrians somewhere else come and help them? Why is there a library on this desolate thing? Why has nobody gone to rescue the li- It's Or I, mean, I guess that's what we were doing, so. Right, that's what we were doing. But. I feel like the Illyrians would like be in on the rescue them thing, unless they were like, hey, we got to banish them because they have this disease we can't figure out. And did they not make the connection that we're turning into the light people? Because Spock made that collect, made Pretty that quick, connection with some light reading, right? But they didn't say like, "Oh God, we're turning into like you know light ghosts." And then light ghosts came and protected us from the storm, but they didn't try to communicate in any other way. Like, they didn't try to like, I right? Guess light ghosts can't. because they they proved they have some control over matter right. by protecting them from the uh, from the radiation or the fumes or whatever the air was bad. Which means they have the ability to touch and move things. Yeah, like that dude in Ghost who's like, Zzz, and he moves. Right, right. They, they, they. Well, I mean, at least they could have made like the, you know, made made the, the clay thing. They could have. They could have made a clay dick to. And communicate. did they break in? Because they knew the window was going to blow, right? Like I guess. So why didn't they just wait for the window to blow and go in that way? Or. Okay. Try to communicate in a way that wasn't like so scary, because <laughs> you gotta know, like, hey, yeah. we kind of look a little yes, scary. Hundred percent. Maybe like make a little fiery smiley face or something to say like we're not gonna form try to into eat words you. outside. That are, that's like we are people. Let me totally. <laughs> not. I don't know if that we would... are good. We are awesome. You know, Keith is. You know, I got myself into trouble that one time because. There was this one time, there's this dude standing outside my window and he had a sign and it said, I love you, and he was playing a boombox, you know, and he was wearing a duster and it was like, oh, I was like, uh-huh. oh, I should clearly let this guy in. He seems hungry. And then he robbed me. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. That that happens to the best of us. Uh, okay, we're, uh, all right. So obviously we got some wormholes here. Uh-huh. Um, so, and also, did they just invent the contagion thing? With the transporter upgrades, and Megas didn't have any version of it. And also, they said it. And they've not had to he, use the biofilters at all find, before this, because if that's what—that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Well, no, I, I think the difference there is there are biofilters on all the upgraded transporters. In this emergency situation, he had to link, link them all in, which is what screwed it up. Because it was working normally unless they linked in and make us. Yeah, but he's a doctor, right? So you're telling me nobody else runs a scan, a diagnostic? Didn't we just do a diagnostic 15 minutes ago with blind guy? No, but he turned the lights out and it made him go away. They him done a diagnostic before that? Like a shipwide? You gonna bring it in 30,000 miles? <laughs> you gotta change the air filter. Yeah. It's smell like chocolate. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. Should we go best moment? Let's go best moment. Okay. What's sad, Keith, is all that said, and you can you can see I'm setting up for. I was laughing through a lot of this episode. I was like, just it was bizarro world. But then the last three minutes, I'm like, oh, there's all the good stuff. There's the 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 idea of these this these people wanted to be part of Starfleet so bad that they were willing to sacrifice a part of themselves so much so to their yeah. detriment that they died ish, or succumbed to the disease. Is Something, yeah. really cool, especially in 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 the thesis of the plot that we're about hiding things about ourselves, about not embracing who we are. And in some cases, there right. are consequences by doing that and, or the death of your people, you know? And so that's really cool. And that Spock and, and Kirk, oh my God, Spock and Pike dis discover that whilst being protected by those same people, really awesome. Those still same protected people that we just learned about in the previous plot as being really bad and where the Federation doesn't like them. Awesome. Right. Furtive stuff. Pike being such a great leader saying, you know what? Despite that, I'll die on the hill. I'll die on this hill for you because I want you on my crew and you are the example of your species, right? You are the exception right. to the rule that we and she then pays that forward in learning this really, despite the ethics of the daughter thing, of course I'll help you protect your daughter. And help you protect your secret by, be by owning the secret and exacerbating it because the truth doesn't set anyone free in this episode, right? We we're kind of we kind of live by our secrets. Yeah, 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 nobody's set free. Other people just agree to keep the secret. Yeah, and then I oh, and this kind of went into wormhole too. The the the, the Noonien Singh and Rebecca Romain. We were supposed to be friends. Fight, but like I understand. Oh, why also. I understand why also, you had to keep that secret. Like, I get it. I, I wouldn't I be mad get, at you. I get we go crazy and we get super horny for lights, right? And, and we lose some sort of agency. And yet, they know everything they knew before. Mm -hmm. They have all the technical knowledge and they have the emotional knowledge where she's like, I was, you know, like, I hate you because you're an augment. Right, that's not related to the light disease. She says, "Oh, it was just the disease that made me say that," but clearly it wasn't. No, but she so says like, that too. That was her line. That's a terribly written line. She's like, "She's like, it, you want me to, you want to, you want me to say it was disease? It was the disease talking. It was, but it also wasn't." She said that line. Right, like the disease is talking. Like, what kind of agency do these people have? Because they're still there. But to, it's it's not like you're zombified. Sorry. Anyway, that go. last three minutes. And then the stuff of the doctor, that performance, it, it's all very moving. And so I was like, oh yes, that's good. And that idea of how long can we, they have to revisit that. We can't just keep his daughter. They better do it soon. We can't just like keep her and so, so, and, and so we're leaving this episode with a lot of secrets, a little bit of knowledge, but we're still learning. We're still growing. Like, so the last sliver, I'm like, yeah, we got to clearly where they had plotted to be going and, and I enjoyed that. So that's my best moment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. 
Um, I think that is I think that is the best moment. Um, it is certainly the most grounded and human moment of it all. And I think it's the most interesting part of it. Like, I, I want to know more about that. I want to know why. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know all the answers to those questions. And you know what? You know, I, as I point out, all these things as wormholes. Well, maybe, unlike all of our other shows, I don't know what happens. Yeah. I haven't seen every episode and it can answer, oh, yeah, this is going to be answered seven episodes from now and it's going to be great. So uh, on some level, it's a little unfair to review it this way because we don't know how this mm-hmm. is going to pan out. And it might be super satisfying and make total sense. Um, but by itself, yes. Um, but yeah, no, no, for sure, that's my best moment. So let's, let's hand out some stem bolts, shall we? You get some stem! You know, it's three episodes into the to the series, and you know, not only the showrunners and the writers are trying to figure out before you have a great show, you have to figure out what you are, who you are, and where you're going. Okay, and it feels like we are establishing those three things still. I think you the the pilot was very strong. The second episode there was some weakness, but at least it it showed what kind of show the what we are. I think we've yeah. got to figure out about and and this episode is attempting to talk a little bit about where we're going but I think mm-hmm. it it takes a step back or two in the who who are we and I feel that way in the direction and I feel that way in a lot of the performances it's tough to fault a lot of the performances because there's only a handful of actors who are super skilled at rising above material usually you're kind of uh uh, bottlenecked by it and look I'm gonna say it I'm just gonna say it it's I gotta I gotta live my truth Keith uh, Rebecca Romaine jumped on my list for this show right now as the question mark for me I don't know if I'm buying that that character I don't know if I'm I'm understanding her motivations what makes her tick I get it. We're trying to say she's a super. I, I get a lot what they're trying to say about the character, right? The paint, the picture they're trying to paint. But so much, as we talk about in Deep Space Nine, so much of these characters have to be fueled and filled and colored and animated by the performances. And I don't know that Rebecca Romaine has, for me, yet made the made those choices to have me rooting for her. Mm. Now they kind of go one hand in hand. I don't get her stakes in this episode. She's not playing stakes for me, or I'm not seeing that in the performance. And that's what the episode feels like. It doesn't know the stakes. It's trying to tell us the stakes, but then it cuts itself off the knees over and over again. It tries to establish its tone, but then cuts itself off at the knees over and over again. It's almost like they have too much, too many toys and too many things, and, and it's losing some focus. And so, and also, you know, as much as I loved those last three minutes, it's a crime that th- those weren't in the episode. Like, that, the the conflict with the daughter. Think about what they could have done with that. Have it play, the foreshadowing play, that he is, that they start to figure out that, oh, the transporter, oh, the doctor who's supposed to be protecting everybody might be the bad guy, might be, because 
close enough in the epi- close enough in the series run that like, oh, he could have been bad all along. Why is he? What's the secret is keeping everybody? Blah, 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 secret, secret, secrets. And then it turns out there's a reason behind it, and we have to end up some empathy and some pathos. No, we just sh- just shove it at the end, right? Rebecca Romaine. It's also it's also a repeated. I mean, I know you're like you're what you're going for thematically. It's yes. people not telling the truth has negative consequences, but it's kind of a repeated beat. Between like they're both basically yes. doing the same thing. One of them knowingly, one of them not knowingly. But still. yeah, hundred uh, percent. And her too. But it's clearly way. That's what I mean about the performance. It's clearly weighing on the doctor all throughout. It it it, it influences when he has that conversation before he's put under, and he's like, "I understand about prejudice. I understand about being put under the gun." Like, yeah. but he also is harboring his own secrets. Some great stuff there when you know. Anyway. And, like, I just don't feel like I was supposed to be giggling a bunch, and I was giggling a bunch. And I also, you know, it doesn't help that you take two of the strongest members of the ensemble that so far and put them on an off-world mission where there's no real stakes for them until, like, 45 minutes in anyway. Uh, not that I didn't like the scenes. I don't like what they're doing. Their, their repartee is excellent. We haven't had even a chance to talk about it. I think their scenes are great, and I think the way that Spock was learning and, and passing off and, and some great shots down there. So, at the end of the day, it's not a strong episode. Uh, though I do um, am thankful that where we got to and some of the questions we've asked are a good ellipses. So I'm, I'm you know, I, I have confidence that we can get back. Um, and damn, it looks good, man. It just looks really, yeah. really good. Yeah, it's stunning to look at. Um, weird, weird, weird episode. And I can't say it was good. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but it 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 precipitously precipitously took a step backwards. Uh, mm-hmm. But I still have to stay on the positive side because I liked it. So I'm going to say 62 self sealing stem bolts. Yeah. Uh, no, I I agree with everything that you said. I. It's tough because there are so many elements here that I like. I like all of the pieces. Right, I like all of the ingredients here, and I think all of them could be made into something really good, but this episode is half-baked, right? It's both too many things, and they're all a little underdeveloped. Um, I think that uh, some of these reveals made, because we, we, have, we have at least two major reveals for our main characters, right? Number one is an Illyrian, mm-hmm. and Dr. Rumbenge has a, a daughter in his transporter buffer. Okay, those are big reveals. Yeah. And I don't think either one of them were revealed in a satisfying and exciting way. We got the Khan Noonien's Singh reveal too, which is... Also that too, right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that feels terribly anticlimactic, but especially the number one Illyrian thing, right? So she's like a super soldier, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. And if we had revealed that in a more satisfying way just like oh she's you know it's it's the superman reveal right like clark kent does something that like clark kent shouldn't be able to do and we slowly reveal you know we're not only that it, when it, we it, first it, met clark kent in this analogy he was in prison we had to break him out right so they remember we had to go rescue her that's what we did in the first episode oh right point. yeah yeah no yeah no exactly and it's so like if we did this as superman 2 Right, where Lois spends the whole time realizing something's something's up here. This is a super person. Let's let's tease that out. Let's play this. Make it a mystery. Let's make it a whatever. 
And it really wasn't teased out in any sort of a satisfying way. And I, 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 I don't know how I would fix it, but it was just odd. Um, I think the episode was also overstuffed. I think this episode would have been much better without the light ghosts. Because I don't know what they added other than confusion. Yeah, and, and it felt like, once again, it's confidence, right? It felt like they felt like they needed to prove that the Illyrians were good guys, even though we hate them. But we get it. We get that prejudice exists with no logic sometimes we don't that's the point you're making we don't right we don't need to right well it's it's almost like we wanted to do something we needed more action or something Mm -hmm. when it's not an action episode it's a mystery episode and and we didn't really spin the mystery out and if spock and and pike are on board dealing with it with them and at the end of their ropes and rebecca romaine is hiding this amongst and knows i guess getting them off world made her in charge is that what we're saying yeah, and that makes sense. But okay. to keep them on the planet, like have them ha- have them fill in their part of the mystery, that solves anything, right? Having her exposed again, as opposed to doing something else, felt just sort of convenient. That like it was just it was convenient that Laon tried to blow up the ship, and if she hadn't, they all would have died. Right, mm-hmm. it, like if she hadn't tried to blow up the ship and reinfected Rebecca Romaine, they'd all be space ghosts. Mm-hmm. And and I, it's, it's just it's half baked. I think that there's there's something really interesting here. You know, I don't mind a contagion mystery. I don't mind revealing. Um, I don't I don't mind her being Illyrian. I don't I don't mind number one being a super soldier. That's cool. That's interesting. I don't mind Dr. Mbenga having a secret there with the daughter. I, I don't understand why it's, it needs to be a secret. <laughs> like, maybe that'll be explained later. Maybe it won't. Um, because, like, he could have just showed up. Hey, I want to be the doctor. You know, my, my daughter's horribly ill. Yeah, you, know, you can and pay I'm, for the I'm generator out of my salary. Yeah, totally. Like, can we can we just sort of keep her here? You know, whether it's in a transporter stasis or some other kind of stasis. Who cares? Like, I... I I don't think anybody would have cared, right? Like, who who would have cared? Well, I think we as a, I don't know, I don't know, man. There's, know, that's, there's so much. That's a whole just ethical conversation. That this is not important currently. Well, right, but like, I mean, it's like somebody in a coma keeping them in in a coma. Like, it's it's not, I, I you know. Yeah, but I wouldn't I like know. bring my coma dad to my job interview and be like, oh, I'm bringing dad. No, well, but. It's a job. It's more like being in the military, right? And you have to live there in the barracks. And you say, like, hey, I have an ill parent that I'm taking care of. I want to work here. I want to be here, but I need a room to, yeah, to yeah. take care of my ill parent. Like, it's, I think, and, and I don't think, you know, they would have said, like, yes or no. But then for him, the ethical quandary was, like, maybe I can't take this job. I have to take a different job. Well, isn't the so, whole reason Pike came back because... Number one got kidnapped, and he's like, "We gotta get." Yeah, rescue band. number yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, all of that for me adds up to sixty-six self-sealing stem bolts. Um, I, the word on the street, a, a little bird told us, yeah. next episode is going to be pretty good. So I'm excited about that. Um, I am not down on strange new worlds no. whatsoever. No, I saw. May had a blast. I reinforce? I had a blast. May I reinforce 
just how terrible the first season of most Star Trek is. Hmm. So uh, this is already better. This episode, which I think objectively we did not like, is still better than almost every episode in the first season of Next Gen, which is a like legend said, and you get, my whole you heart. You gotta find so. your, the dif- here's the difference, Keith. Here's, here's, one of, here's the difference. Yeah. Network television, streaming television, so many differences, but broad stroke, you can course correct in network television. If things are going a certain yeah. way and you gotta make some choices, you can write, rewrite those scripts, get me new scripts. But by the time you start production on these streaming shows, the series is written. So yeah. these were all pretty much produced together. So whatever course they're on, they're either gonna figure it out or they're not gonna figure it out. They're not gonna, there's no course correction coming in season one. So no. we'll see. And you get 10 not 26 or yeah. 22 or however many you get. Yeah, you're get. 30% in, right? Like, warm-up is over However, in, this, in, in the case, and this is interesting because if you, you know, get into a disco conversation, disco was so committed to one storyline in the first season and they couldn't correct, and it ended up being, to me, personally, pretty unsatisfying. This one, because it's episodic, right, next week can be completely different than yeah. this. And so you're not su- super hamstrung to like one storyline. Um, anyway, we'll be back next week with Memento Mori. Mike, tell us what other shows could people listen to? Keith, so much to watch, so much to listen to. You can start your Mondays with us, with K&M Geekly. That's over there. Keith and I talk about all things geek and, and to be honest, just like what we're feeling. Uh, do you want to hike in the woods and you want to have us in your ear holes walking you through? Mm. Uh, you Mom. Did you sire one of these two people? Well, then you will probably enjoy that show. <laughs> you, then on Wednesdays, Keith, coming in hot is mm. Keith and Mike watch Deep Space Nine, where we yeah. go episode by episode. We are in season three, episode 12 upcoming. A, Tomorrow. A two-parter, yeah. I have a lot of work to do. Very exciting. Uh, we've left our, our poor guys on a planet. We got we to gotta figure out what's going on. We got to Terminator this thing. And then, of a course... planet meeting Earth. Yeah, Friday is when our strange new show drops. You're already a part of that. And Keith, then, in the weekend, Sunday, 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 we talk about Star Trek toys, and we're opening the Prodigy line, but we got lots of cool stuff coming. You can be part of the team. Patreon.com slash K&M. We thank each and every one of you. We hope that you will join. Yes, and uh, every single one of these except for toys is available also as a podcasting feed. So you might be just listening to this in your ear holes. Uh, And if you are, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us find other listeners. Mike, I know you've got a hard out in Dos Minutos. So till then, this has been Keith and Mike. Watch Strange New. Show. It's going to get better. Somebody told me on YouTube. Thank you for watching KM Entertainment. If you enjoyed our particular brand of nonsense, please like and subscribe. Or become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash KM.